This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived put it on his toe before he went to bed and the next morning he was like mom my toe's all better. It was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly. So you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, other types of skin damage. It's totally safe, non-toxic, suitable on all types of skin, even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin. This is also safe for the youngest members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500 thousand happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family so to get your own active skin repair go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20 percent off your order when you use the code shameless that's activeskinrepair.com use the code shameless for 20 percent off your order activeskinrepair.com code shameless This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 766 with Angela Kim. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 766. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community. So be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Angela Jaya Kim is the founder of Savor Beauty, a natural skincare and facial spa brand inspired by Korean beauty and self-love rituals. She's also a former international classical concert pianist. Called the unexpected Beauty Virtuoso by Mind Body Green, she created the award-winning skincare line in her kitchen, became an accidental entrepreneur, and built a multi-million dollar enterprise around the philosophy of manifesting beauty, brilliance, and balance. Angela has led hundreds of women empowerment workshops and her Savor Beauty self-care planner has sold over 100,000 copies. I have my own and it's fantastic. A highly recognized skin and self-care expert, her skincare and spas in New York have been chosen as best of New York and featured in top publications such as the New York Times, Vogue, Elle, People, Allure, Well and Good, and more. Angela lives in New York City with her tween daughter, mini golden retriever, and philanthropic partner. Listen in to hear Angela share her commitment to staying inspired by inspiring others, the importance of inner work and how to make it delicious and desirable, her drastic reinvention of self from concert pianist to building a multi-million dollar skincare line, 
the gift of play and making mistakes in creating her own skincare line after having to work in a high perfectionism role as a pianist. How she let creativity fuel her as she built her business selling skincare products while nursing her one-month-old daughter at outdoor New York City markets in the middle of winter. How to create self-care routines that are playful and creative for yourself. How she defines self-care as an action for which your future self will thank you. And her philosophy of give, give, get, and how to use this philosophy to inspire your life in new ways. I loved this conversation with Angela. She's doing incredible work. She has a fantastic and really, really interesting story. I think you're going to learn a thing or two and be very inspired yourself. So please join me in welcoming Angela Kim to the Shameless Mom Academy. Angela, welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm so delighted to have you here. And I'm delighted to be here with you, Sarah. So I have to tell people that you are here because of our mutual connection and friend of the show, Angie Trueblood. So shout out to Angie. We love her so yeah, much. Angie. Um, she always makes the best intros. So oh, I can't wait. I'm so happy. So I want to dig right in and I want you to tell us a little bit more about the dynamics of your personal and professional life beyond your bio and what you're most excited about right now. <laughs> Wow. That's a great question. Okay. So I'll start with the latter part of that question. What am I most excited about right now? My 2023 intention was the word is inspiration. Mm -hmm. And I was just meditating on that word. And it came very clear to me that in order to be inspired, I need to be inspiring others. So as soon as I kind of had that aha moment, I just started to be able to think of ways that I could be inspiring to my employees, be inspiring to my community, to my partner, to my daughter, to my dog. I know you have your dog <laughs> back there snoring away, but how do you inspire others? And I have this philosophy called give, give, get, which is all about when you give with no strings attached, with pure generosity, you get in unexpected ways. So that is my big thing is be inspired, but also give inspiration. And so much content has started to come to me to share with my community. And when you put the intention out there, I think that's very exciting. Now, what is my personal and professional aspirations beyond my bio? And yeah, anything you want to share, like beyond the traditional, where you got a degree and what your role is. Kind of stuff. <laughs> well, I love being a mom to a daughter. I think. Mm -hmm. And how girl, old is your daughter? She's 13. And I don't know how I got so lucky to get a daughter. There's a saying that goes something like this. You're given the kids that are meant to teach you the most in life. Have you heard that saying? Yes. And there's so many days where I'm like, what is he supposed to be teaching me today? Because this is hard and I'm annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> right. So my daughter is very structured. She's very mm. wise. She's very balanced. And she has a beautiful sense of boundaries. Wow, so love that, uh, you know, and I didn't grow up with a lot of boundaries. I have a Korean mom who just basically went into my diaries and journals and like read everything. Oh. And, you know, there was like no knocking before you could go, you mm. entered <laughs> into a room. It was just barge into a room. There was like literally no boundaries, both emotionally or physically. So it's interesting to have a daughter who has a healthy sense of boundaries where she's, you know, you tell her a secret or someone else tells her a secret and she knows that's a secret that stays with that person. I'm not divulging mm. it. Or I just need to have some alone time now. She's very 
healthy that way and balanced. So that definitely is not in my bio, but she's such a beautiful <laughs> teacher for me. Um, I learn new things from my partner every day about love, romance and giving and generosity and vulnerability and intimacy. So I feel very grateful for those personal learnings. And professionally, I am loving, you know, gaining inspiration from my employees and learning so many lessons about communication and about these, you know, because now I'm almost double the age of some of my employees now, Sarah. Oh my gosh. I mean, I cannot tell from looking at you. So we will be talking about skincare shortly and you'll have to tell me all about that. But a lot of these perspective though. Yes. I could have given birth to a lot of my employees now and, you know, just learning the lessons, uh, you know, there's a little bit of concern for the younger age, but there's a lot of lessons that I'm learning as well. So I'm so grateful for all of that. It just helps me to become a better person. I love that. I love the wisdom that comes with that, like the wisdom and the insight you just like so many layers that you just shared there in terms of what it looks like in your parenting, what it looks like in how you are showing up and leading uh, in your company. Really, really cool. I want to go back to your word for the year inspiration. And I feel like you've kind of flipped upside down the way most people carry that word. And I want to dig into that for a minute. Cause I think that this is important. I think about being inspired. We lean on and expect and hope that that will come from others. Mm -hmm. And I really love that you're taking that notion and taking it on as a task, um, not as like another thing to do on your mom's to-do list, but but Mm -hmm. taking it on as like a personal challenge. What will, how can that word show up for me? And how can that be more present in my life if I am giving that to other people? And I think that's a really powerful and beautiful way to, first of all, kick off a new year, but also look at what you want to gain and consider how can I give the thing that I most want to gain? Yes. I don't know how that came to me. I was meditating one morning and it became very clear. If you want to be more inspired, give inspiration. Mm -hmm. And that just opened up a floodgate of what can I share from my life that could be inspiring. And so I'm taking a Kundalini yoga certification course right now, just to learn. I'm not interested really in teaching. I just want to deepen my kundalini yoga practice. And so I wake up every morning and I do a little bit of that. And then I read a little bit. And then I just start, I turn on my Zoom and I record me just talking because I want to inspire my community. And so I'm just talking and I'm teaching. And sometimes I felt blocked in the past. Like, what do people want to learn from me? Or what would I like to share? What content do I want to share? And I don't know, once I've filled up my cup and I'm nourishing myself, it just starts to flow. And then I become very inspired from my own work. And Sarah, Mm -hmm. when you become inspired and you're inspiring others, you become a better mom leader, significant other. Totally. I appreciate. So I think it's so important that we can recognize where this comes from. So for you, like you recognize when I go into the space of meditation, these are the things that come from it. Or when I go into the space of yoga, this is what comes from it. Like I'm really clear for me that that happens in the space of running or walking, sometimes driving long distances by myself, <laughs> sometimes mm-hmm. in the shower. Like I kind of yes. know where those things come from. So then when I need to go there, whether it's like thinking of something that I want to give to my community, create here for the Shameless Mom Academy, or having to think through like, how do I want to show up for my kid in this moment? I know mm-hmm. to go to that place because it's the place that allows me to 
listen inward, look inward, find the thing that I need that already exists within me, but then to go like be able to reflect it out to whoever needs it that day, which can be like in a working capacity, but can also definitely be in the capacity of motherhood or being in a partnership. I think what you just described is so wise. And I just want to punctuate a couple things and highlight that I think what we're talking about to become inspired is really creating up time, creating time and carving out the space to do our inner work. Yeah. And fill our well, because if we don't fill our well, we can't give anything. And I always say it's nourish to flourish. Totally. Yeah. So one thing I might be going on a tangent here, but I think it's really important for other moms to hear this. You know, one thing that I've created is the Saver Beauty self-care planner. And it's called My Next 90 Days. You can find it at saverbeautyplanner.com. And I wrote a blog about how it's so important to start planning our self-care time. Mm-hmm. And take it take it as important as setting up our doctor's appointments, setting up our office meetings that we have, setting up whatever obligations we have that involve other people and writing in our self-care time, whether that's the yoga session or a walk with the dog or a massage or a facial. We don't, do you, do you write that into your calendar? Yes, I do. I mean, it's not officially in my Google calendar, but I can tell you exactly when it happens every single day. And it's first thing in the morning between exactly. like six and seven, 15 AM. Right. Um, and that's the ritual which, now. It's totally the ritual. It's funny, not funny. It's weird. Like if something gets in the way of that, I am very like, I don't know what to do with myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, ha, like, I don't know how to start. <laughs> like, I can't just like get out of bed and get in the shower. Like it doesn't work. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's definitely written in there. Um, you know, because I don't schedule things that early in the day that would conflict with that. I don't have it written on the calendar, but it's just like, it's automatically there and it's very non-negotiable and it's also evolved. I always think it's important with an audience of moms to talk about, like, if you have like a one-year-old and a three-year-old, you're probably not going to spend an hour and 15 minutes <laughs> taking care of yourself from six to seven fifteen in the morning. When my son was really, really little, especially in the first like couple of years, it looked really different. And sometimes that time was like, you know, from 10 to 1030 in the morning when he was taking a morning nap, or sometimes it was in the evening, or sometimes it was while he was eating breakfast. And I was literally like doing a workout or doing yoga on the kitchen floor while he threw Cheerios on me. So I think it can look like a lot of different things, (laughs) but it has always been, and it was literally like (laughs) Cheerio yoga for me for a while, but I think it can look like a lot of different things, but it's always been consistent in terms of when it happened for me. So knowing where it went in my day and always the same, pretty much seven days a week, and then always non-negotiable. And it always, for me has to feel, and I was just taking notes on this. When you talk about inner work, I think that if you create an invitation for like everyone listening, just spend some time focusing on inner work this year, that sounds a little daunting and intimidating and maybe uncomfortable. And I want to say, and you've totally exemplified this, you have to make it delicious and desirable. And so Mm -hmm. for me, like six to seven, 15, it's like drinking coffee in my cozy pajamas Mm -hmm. with my favorite blanket with the lights really dim. We have special lights in our blanket that are like little Christmas lights. In your blanket, you have special lights? No, no. Although it's as weird, they're on our ceiling. We, it's like, they're called twinkly lights that you can program to be different colors and they're on the ceiling in the basement. So it's this like really nice lighting. So it's my inner work time. It's delicious and desirable. It's so, you know, work is kind of in quotes, but it's 
absolutely like what allows me to do the work that I do and show up the way that I do in the world. Um, because it gets me to that place of like getting the inspiration and feeling and figuring out what I need. And so it starts on the couch and then it moves into doing a workout of some sort, but Mm. um, yeah, so that's what it looks like for me. And it's definitely very consistent. Well, you said two things that I just love. First of all, you said a couple of times, non-negotiable. I think that's funny that you use that word because that's what we, we have a spa, Saver Beauty and Spa. We have two spas in Manhattan and that's our tagline for our facial club. It's my non-negotiable me time. Mm. And the reason why we made that our tagline is because we wanted women to have something to say to their significant others or their kids when they went home and they said, I'm going to my Saber Beauty facial right now. And if anyone complained, they would just be like, it's my non-negotiable me time. They just Mm -hmm. had a built-in answer for it. Sometimes where I was talking about my daughter's boundaries, right? Sometimes we need to have the words to be able to articulate, this is my time, non-negotiable me time. And I love that you just talked about delicious and desirable. That just makes you drawn in to do whatever it is. And so if you don't mind, I'd love to just sort of drill into that delicious and desirable. Totally, please. Yeah. I do think that that makes doing what you called, like what we called inner work or our non-negotiable me time, very enticing to do. So then it doesn't become a to-do on your list that you have to check off, but it becomes, I desire to do this because it's so delicious, almost like eating a yummy cheesecake, right? So some things that I think are really important is to make, to have a toolkit, right? So let's say you're going to do your meditation. I have a candle. I have a really delicious, warm, cozy blanket, I have beauty, my beauty essentials with a Saber Beauty Carrot Rose Serum and a Rosemary Mist. And I missed my face and I massage my face with this gorgeous aroma of rose, roses, which is, you know, age delay, but it's also a very sensual scent. So it draws me in mm-hmm. and then I massage my face and in my toolkit, I have beautiful journals and beautiful pens. So that takes it to the next level. It elevates the delicious and desirable, or, you know, for you, you enjoy running. I'm sure you have the best tennis running shoes. I'm sure you've got your, your favorite running clothes. You've got your favorite. (laughs) I'm sure if your AirPods, whatever it is, you make it Mm -hmm. delicious and desirable, right? So setting yourself up for success with the tools that you need that draws you in via visual aroma, whatever makes you feel good. I think those are keys Mm -hmm. to success. Totally. And it's going to be so different from one person to the next. It's funny Mm -hmm. when you bring up the running stuff. I have this running vest that's like quite old, not cute, but from a functionality standpoint, it has like the easiest access pockets. It makes my phone sit in my pocket and not bump against me and annoy me. Like there's all these things that like, and my husband recently was like, so the vest really like, maybe is it time for a new one? I was like, absolutely not. I love this. But like, I think that there's, then there's things that you're like, this is the thing that works for me. This is like the thing that makes it magical. And like you get to determine what those things are. And to your point, like that it's inviting where I'm like, okay, I could carry my phone or I could like put it in my pant pocket leg, but that annoys me to no end to have it like bulging out. It, like other people might not be bothered by that. So mm-hmm. everyone has their own thing and it doesn't need to be the thing that works for someone else. Um, I also hear you on like beautiful pens and all the different things I think 
it's looking at what makes it desirable to you so that you yes. have the compulsion, the desire, but then compulsion to stick with it. Like for me, it's a compulsion. And it sounds like for you too, where you're like, if I couldn't do it, I'd be like scratching to like, get it. You know, I need to have that time. I need to do that thing where it feels like it needs, it's just such an ingrained part of, of my day. Yeah, And there's science behind all of this too, right? Mm-hmm. It's not just a frivolous thing where you're raising your oxytocin levels, you're raising your yeah. serotonin levels and that's addictive. And yeah, so totally. when you're experiencing the feel good vibes, you crave more of it. So I think it's very important to do that. That's why I was so happy that you use those words, delicious and desirable and non-negotiable. Totally. Can you tell us a little bit about, this was like a fascinating part of your bio to me that I was so excited to dig into. You were a concert pianist at one point and maybe still are to some extent. So you went from being a concert pianist to skincare and building this multi-million dollar skincare and spa business. Can you like walk us a little bit through that? I think this is a really interesting journey and not a common one. And I'm also really curious, we'll get kind of a little bit more into after that, like being a woman building in this industry as well. Mm. Well, I do think that my story is actually common in that we reinvent ourselves in drastic ways, right? So for me, it happened to be something that sounds very exotic and maybe unrelatable. Being a concert pianist, I was touring sometimes more towns than a presidential candidate was visiting. So I was really in it hardcore. I was about to walk on stage one day and put on this quote, natural lotion all over my body and started to break out into hives. And I decided to look at the list of ingredients and I was like, this is not so natural. This actually has, this formula has a lot of chemicals in it. And that just opened up the pathway for research. And then I came back to New York city after one of my tours and I got, went to my kitchen and started experimenting with olive oil, butter, And then I was like, oh, that's greasy and that's gross. Well, what if I did coconut oil and what if I put a little bit of lavender in it? Oh, that smells better, but it's still really greasy. What if I put in and then it just took off from there. It was like a thousand tries every morning I would wake up and it was just Sarah, it was a very spiritually and physically healing process for me because as a pianist, I was expected to be perfect all the time. And for once. I could make a mistake in the privacy of my kitchen and my whole being wasn't on the line. So I craved it and it was just a hobby and a passion. And then it, and then I'll share later how it became a business. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like 
a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30 day money back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. This episode is supported by Mysteries About True Histories, a podcast for your kiddos. So from the creators of the hit podcast, Who Smarted, and Netflix's Brainchild comes the adventurous world of mysteries about true histories, affectionately known as math. Every episode follows Max and Molly, who have just been recruited into a secret order of problem solvers on an adventure through time packed with puzzles, hidden equations, history, and laughs, making learning cool. This podcast is perfect for ages six and up and new episodes drop every Thursday, each stacked with so much laughter that your kiddos won't even realize how much they're learning. I love a show where as a parent, you're like, hey, let's listen or watch this or whatever. And your kids are thinking they're like getting extra device time or what have you. And you're like, they're learning right now. So it feels like such a big win. So I want you to go check out Mysteries About True Histories wherever you listen to podcasts. You can tune tune into Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you're listening to this podcast. So go check out Mysteries About True Histories to listen in and have some fun with your kid while they learn today. I want to ask about the word play. So this is super interesting to me. You were playing in air quotes, like you play the piano concert pianist, but the level of perfection required to perform. And especially at that kind of level, it's not play like you're it's performance. You're playing in a very specific, you know, has to be like a certain way. Interestingly, what you just described in terms of what you got to do in your kitchen, that was play. So like you're taking the thing that is like, we are noting like, oh, she plays the piano, but that wasn't play in like the sense of enjoyment, which you might've gotten a lot of reward out of it, but in terms of like being able to be creative and try new things and be experimental. And you really incorporated play into what you were doing in your kitchen every morning. That's so astute and so uh, observant. So I, yeah, it was anything but play. It was everything, but it was perfectionism. It was perfecting. It was performing. I wouldn't say I enjoyed playing the piano. I did, but it was, I was passionate about it. There was, Mm -hmm. I don't know if there's a subtle difference between enjoy and passion, but I was very passionate about probably reaching a certain level in performing Mm -hmm. the piano. And you're right. I, it was when I got into the kitchen and I was able to make lots of mistakes because I think that's what kids play. Child's play is there's no results expected. You're just in the moment and you're having fun and you're splashing around. That's what I was doing in my kitchen every morning, not feeling the pressure of being perfect. And I could make a mistake and then I could fix it the next day. And there was like no repercussion. That's why in some ways, yes, fast forward a decade. And, you know, in some ways being a business owner feels like a walk in the park 
than <laughs> compared to being a pianist, because being a pianist, I was really alone on stage and there was a lot of pressure, all eyes on you. And if something mm. went wrong, it was all you. And there was no real teamwork except for me, my fingers and I, you know, mm-hmm. and yeah. 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 You were so astute to pull out that it was not, I was not playing the piano, I was performing. And then once I got into the kitchen, that was a fun spiritual play. Yeah. I love that. Can you talk a little bit about representation? So building a skincare line and this, I don't know a lot about the skincare industry. What I do know is that any industry that's many, many billion has the worth of many, many billions of dollars is typically led by white men. (laughs) So can you talk a little bit about Um, the skincare industry in terms of representation and what that looks like, and then how you have fit in and carved a path for yourself as a woman and a woman of color and a mom in the industry. That's a very interesting question because I feel siloed. So I don't know if I can really share with any insight what it's like to be a woman minority in the skincare industry, but I will answer your question this way, if you don't mind. Yeah, please. I grew up in an all white town, practically all Caucasian. I was one of the only Asians. It was a small town in Iowa. And so I was sort of used to being ostracized for being different. And there was systemic racism. There were, there were a lot, there was a lot of unconscious bias. So I just grew up thinking that was normal. And then on top of it, I wasn't very athletic and I was a classical pianist. So it was like double strangeness going on. <laughs> I was used to carving out my path and doing things differently. And I do yeah. think that being on the uh, edge, being on the or edge, on the I do think yeah. that that's a lot of entrepreneurs. That's how they're born. They're just mm-hmm. used to being an outsider. And so they're just going to make rules their way. So I wouldn't know the difference if, you know, I was up against a white male or, I've just always lived my life kind of on the the outside and doing my own thing and just not caring. I now I will say, so- well, I will say that interestingly enough, being a woman founder and a minority founder, I do think sometimes I do say to myself, now would some of my employees react that way if I were a white man? You know, would they give resistance to certain rules of the road or so I, that thought has come to my mind before, but not enough to make me pause or think hard about it. It sounds like because you have been kind of on the periphery in terms of what a common path looks like versus the path you've chosen for so much of your life that you are just dedicated to creatively charting your own territory and building whatever it is you want to build without paying attention to rules, restrictions, templates, systems that like other people have said, like, this is the way to do it. You're just off here doing the thing, which I think speaks to like a high level of creativity. It speaks to like high level leadership. It speaks to like deep entrepreneurialism to just be on this path of, I'm going to go do it my way. And I'm not paying a whole lot of attention to what the... Well, yeah. I think I said earlier that I want I wanted to share how I launched a business for being a concert pianist and then suddenly in the skincare industry. And it sounds really amazing. It's like, oh, pianist to multimillion dollar company. There were so many hard lessons along the way and a mm. lot more... Well, there are probably more successes and failures, but a lot of failures, right? Mm-hmm. So... 
I remember um, you asked me if I still play the piano and I do not. I uh, decided to stop when my daughter was in my belly, five months in my belly. And I, you know, I was still kind of making creams in my kitchen for fun. And then one month after my daughter was born, I just thought to myself, well, I think I feel like going with my daughter, Sienna, and let's go open up a little holiday pop-up shop at the Bryant Park shops here in New York City. So I ended up opening up a little shop. She was one month old and I was breastfeeding while I was selling Chardonnay cream, you know? Oh my gosh. I love it. And it was freezing outside because it's Christmas in its holiday season in New York City. So I am pretty sure that most people would say, do not do that. That's against the rules. You need to take three months maternity or whatever. So I'm glad. So that's an example of how I just didn't know what the rules are. So I'm just going to do whatever I want. And then who, not many people can fathom launching a cosmetics or skincare company without any investors. And I think you used a key word. Creativity was my fuel and creativity was my investor at the very beginning because, and passion was my paycheck because I certainly wasn't pulling a paycheck at first Mm -hmm. for the first few years, in fact. So I just was very creative in the way that I got myself out of trouble. So I noticed the first few days because I never really held a sales job in my entire life. And then suddenly now I'm here selling creams out in the cold with my baby and I'm breastfeeding her. And it was just, I was probably very hormonal and and emotional. Oh, I'm sure. And so there'd be days, there'd be the $0 days and I'd just start crying. And I think I could have given up, but I would always be in bed and I would say to myself, well, why didn't I make that sale? And then I would just sort of critique myself and give myself feedback. And the next day I'd say, okay, I'm going to try this. I'm going to try that. And I watched all my neighbors in the neighboring kiosks and I saw what worked for them, what didn't work. And I just learned from trial and error. And the sales system that I was building at the time is the sales system we use at Saver Beauty today. And I always tell people when they join my company, we don't do things the way a lot of other businesses do things, but it works. And we were able to build it on passion and creativity and without investors, our, our clients, our customers are our investors. And I'm hoping to stay that way for a very long time, you know, and this business is built on, as you said, entrepreneurialism. And so the more entrepreneurial you are, you'll take off here in this company. So I think there is benefit. I'm sure it would have been a lot easier, Sarah, to build business, um, build a business from the ground up if there were some rules I were following, but, (laughs) (laughs) but I'm proof that you don't have to know much and you really just do need a lot of passion and creativity and a very youthful spirit in that you want to play and learn. Yeah. Yeah. I want to talk a little bit about one of the things that you've done that has been playful and creative is that you don't look at, so you've created this, you know, skincare, really wildly successful skincare business, but you've created it in a way that is much more encompassing than like, Hey, ladies, would you like to buy some skin cream? And you really look at self-care for women in a more clever, playful, creative, and all-encompassing way. Can you talk a little bit about how you define self-care and then also touch on how we can start to reframe? I think that because self-care is so widely promoted, it can feel for really busy women and for moms, especially that like, well, I'm just bad at that because like, do I really have time? Like my example of 
I spend an hour and 15 minutes in the morning. That's just going to make a mom of like three kids under the age of four roll their eyes and feel inadequate. So how can we look at defining self-care in a way that is, that doesn't create guilt and it can be playful and creative? Mm. I just wrote a blog about how to self-care with your family. And Mm. there are ways to do it that won't make you feel guilty and together you can do it. So one way is, you know, when you're going for a walk and you just say, this is going to be tech free time and we're just going to connect. That is self-care. That's family self-care. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. you and I've been there where it is not possible to just take an hour and a half for yourself in the morning. And so is there a way that my daughter wakes up earlier than I do now? And she just sits on the couch and veggies and she makes herself breakfast now and she's 13 and she just sits there. And then I join her and we just sit there together and you know, we just talk if we want, or we put our heads on each other's shoulders if we want. And that's Mm self-care. So there are ways that you can spend time together or even movie nights or even cuddling in bed and valuing that time. And then if you fall asleep together, great. View it as family self-care time. So there are things that you can do together. My definition of self-care actually is an action for which your future self will thank you. And Mm -hmm. I think the key to self-care is everything from feel good thoughts and not bashing yourself in the head (laughs) with, you know, I should, or I need to do this all the way to, Hey, can you wash your face at night for one minute? And that's it, you know, and washing your face can be a very sensual and beautiful moment where you're taking in the aromas, you're touching your face, your fingertips have Uh, so many nerve endings. And it's a very emotional, as a concert pianist, I can tell you, it's a very emotional part of your body, right? The sense of touch comes from your fingertips and there are a lot of nerve endings and it's the opening for a lot of energy channels. So just to even touch your face at night when you're washing it, it's very soothing. So small little actions that we would have thought are just routines can become self-care rituals if you view it as such. I appreciate that so much. And I think that sometimes we're so busy, like just getting through it, just checking things off the list that we don't think about how we can make a routine more nourishing, um, whether it's like nourishing to our skin, nourishing to our soul, nourishing and like all sorts of to our energy systems. And I think that can, that's really important. I have routine around like how I have my first three sips of coffee, which my listeners have heard many times now, but like I take my first three (laughs) sips of coffee and I think of three things I'm grateful for. And it takes like 90 seconds. (laughs) But it's like a thing that's super routine, super mundane, but it adds just a little bit of personal touch or level of significance Mm -hmm. to the day where I'm not just like, how quickly can I pour this coffee in me while the dog is jumping up and down because she needs to go out and I'm thinking of like what I need to put in my kid's lunch and et cetera. Um, It makes a really, really big difference. Yes. I think what you just said was being present and breathing through it. And you can elevate anything from your favorite, which is coffee in the morning. And that happens to be my favorite as well. Sometimes that's what gets me out of bed. I love coffee too. And all the way to even vacuuming. Like I put on- I haven't gotten there yet. I haven't found them. (laughs) Okay. Well, okay. Let me teach you how to make vacuuming. I want to hear about the vacuuming. (laughs) I know it's kind of annoying vacuuming, but there is something really- calming about vacuuming. You put on your Fitbit 
or sorry, you put on your, your watch that calculates your steps. And I, I don't know, there's something very rewarding about just picking up the, the lint and the dust and the dirt, creating the, the lines in the carpet, yes, creating <laughs> the lines, and it can be meditative and you know that you're moving. And, you know, I think it's all about, are you present and breathing and mm, actually yeah. enjoying it? Yeah. You can even make a yeah. shower, which a lot of people are like, oh, I have to think I'm going to jump in the shower. That can be a very enjoyable time if you just add a little bit of essential oils, mm-hmm. have some, I would say, elevated products in your shower. For example, I have a Manuka honey sugar scrub that I love to use, mm-hmm. or a really wonderful smelling uh, shampoo conditioner. Making it, I keep using the word sensual because sensual to me is using all of your senses. Does it feel yeah. nice on, on your skin? Does it smell good? Does it bring you into the present moment? These are little reminders to be more present and to breathe. Yeah. I started using um, scented oil on my face that a friend gifted to me. This was a few years ago. Mm-hmm. I had like used like my similar grocery or drugstore boring moisturizers for a long time. And then a friend gifted to me this little bottle of essential oils that she had made herself for, it was a little party favor from her 40th birthday. So she gave it to me. She's like, I've made this for a bunch of people. I gave, I'm giving it to party favors for everyone here at my 40th birthday party. Everyone really loves it. And I was like, well, I already have my routine, like, you know, stupid drugstore stuff. So I just let it sit on my counter for like a year. And I finally, I ran out of my drugstore stuff. And in a moment of like, oh shoot, I don't have anything else. I was like, I guess I'll use Natalie's oil. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I totally opened my mind to exactly what you said, essential facial experience where I'm like, this oil feels really nourishing and I have really dry skin. The scent was like delicious and really soothing, calming to put on my face in the evening. And then I went and got in bed and was like, Oh my gosh, I feel like I'm like laying here having a facial because I'm like smelling this. And it really, really shifted this idea that like I can enjoy taking care of my face in the evening at night and let that be something that feels a little bit special and that it isn't just checking the box kind of a thing. So I now have made some of that oil to give to other people to be like, just try and see and see if you like it. And so I totally agree, like having those things that incorporate the senses and taking something that can be routine or mundane and turning it into something special makes a huge, huge difference. It really grounds you and makes you enjoy that moment, I think. Yeah. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily. It's very digestible. And the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Utube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explains. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for 
understood explains and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey, <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better and dating safer. They've changed so you don't have to download the new Bumble now. You mentioned something at the very beginning. And as we get close on our time here, I want to make sure we get back to it because I think it's really important and, and um, significant. You mentioned your philosophy of give, give, get. So can you dig into that just a little bit and talk about how you live? Well, what it mean, what does give, give, get mean? And then how do you live that out? How do you want to share that with other shameless moms? Well, give, give, get is a perfect full circle for our conversation here because it comes back to, if you want to be inspired, give inspiration. Mm, And so I really believe that when you give to other people, like-minded people, I'll talk a little bit about what that means in just a second. You get so much beauty in return, like things that you never, ever would have imagined. So when I, for example, will use that, the example of me wanting to be inspired when I give inspiration, actually to see somebody receive it and their lives change or their mindset or their perceptions change for the better. That's extremely, that's a get that's extremely rewarding, fulfilling. And then that increases the circle of inspiration, be inspired, give inspiration, be inspired, give inspiration. So And I also believe that when you give, you know, from with uh, no attached strings, no, no strings attached, you never know who you're helping. And that karmically comes back to you in unexpected ways. When I say giving to people that are like-minded, I mean, it's important to give to people with kindred spirits. So you don't want to give to somebody who's always taking from you because, Mm even though you could give to them, eventually you might feel burned from it. And so I think eventually when you start giving from a cup that overflows, you attract other people whose cups are overflowing as well. And then you start this community of giving that's in which you're, it's give, give, get. It's very inspiring. It's very supportive. It's empowering, especially with women that support each other. So, you know, a good example that I will share is, I was in the middle of divorce during the pandemic. And so I was dating for the first time in like 20 years in New York city. And, but I'm a single mom in Manhattan and I've got my daughter. When am I going to ever go on a date? Right. And let me give you the real numbers here. So babysitter might cost anywhere from 20 to $25 an hour. And then you're going out on a date. And if you're going Dutch, could be $100 for the evening, $150 with wine and cocktails and whatever. Mm -hmm. So you're talking about, if you are on a three-hour date, you're talking about something that's over $200 a pop, right? No small commitment. (laughs) No small commitment. And I was so fortunate that I was friend, I, you know, my friends were also going through divorces. And so I just remember this guy asked me on a date and I was just like, I don't know if I can do this. And my friend just out of the blue, she texted me. She goes, Hey, if you want to go on a date with Ali, um, I'm happy to babysit Sienna. She can spend the night at my place. 
And I was just like, oh, God, thank you so much. That was a gift. I told her anytime you need it. And so we were just sort of like this community of moms who were just like, yeah, drop off your daughter or your son and I'll babysit him for the evening and go on and have fun, you know, night on the town. So that's really supportive and empowering, isn't it? Yeah. Give, give. Such great examples. I also want to capitalize on your point around, and this is, I'm going to go back and like applaud your daughter here, the <laughs> boundaries of giving. And so you made this distinction, like when you're giving, give to be selective. This isn't that you're blindly giving to everyone right. because that will come at a cost to you and that will burn you out and, or burn you if depending on the situation I've learned in the last few years that there's certain relationships where I love to give and overgive, and it is reciprocal and not because I'm getting as much back as I'm giving, but just because it feels good. And, and the other people see the gesture so that it can feel like everyone's winning. And I've also been in situations where you give, give, and then like you need something or not even that you need something, but you just start noticing like, it's just, they're no just like never showing up. Like I'm yeah. not even asking them for anything, but like, there's not a thank you for the give, or there's not a heart emoji. Like there's just, you're like, I'm just giving. And there's like, no, there's nothing coming from the other side. And so I think that having that level of discernment and having some boundaries around how you want to do that is really, really important. I am in the process right now of offering scholarships into a program that I run and it is like the most rewarding give. I'm getting nothing back on the back end in terms of like someone paying me money or like anything like that. But in the process of filling out these applications, people are telling me, this is why I want to apply. This is how your work has already impacted me. And so this is why I want to do this program. And the get for me is like, holy cow, when people engage in the work that I do, it impacts them in this way. And just to know that is like the biggest win for me. And so I think that we're not, when you're looking at giving, you're not always looking for something to be reciprocated on the same scale or in the same capacity, but having like, giving in capacities where you can see that like, this is making a difference in someone's life. This is helping someone supporting someone. And then it can, you know, it feels good to the person receiving, but also feels good to the giver. Well, I think that is an extraordinary get when you feel the rush of helping somebody else. And sometimes that's all you need, right. To keep that energy going. My daughter said something to me the other day, and she reminded me it was something that I taught her when she was very young. She said, mom, they didn't hit the tennis ball back to you. So you don't need to do anything. (laughs) She's so brilliant. (laughs) And what she meant by that is I think at one point she was wanting to have this play date with this one girl. And she kept saying, come over and play, come over and play. And there was just no response. And I said, Sienna, you know, here's the thing. You keep inviting her over for play dates and you keep you know, we give her a lot of love when she comes over and we've been a lot of slumber parties at our house, but she's not responding to you. So it's like mm-hmm. tennis. When you hit the ball, someone needs to hit the ball back so that you can hit the ball back, but you can't yeah. hit the ball and then go hit the ball back for them and then hit the ball for yourself. And they'll go running after all these balls. Cause you're just going to get very tired and you're going to lose your energy. So I yeah. guess I had told her that one time and I've forgotten about it. <laughs> and then, well, so then now I noticed that like now the friend is hitting the ball back and they've become very good friends, but you know, she just reminded me of that cyclical nature of friendship connection. There needs yeah. to be a genuine circle. 
that's happening. I love such a great mom. She didn't hit the ball back. I don't think you owe anything. And I was like, you know what, girl, you're right. (laughs) Oh my God. So good. So good. Oh, go Sienna. Oh my goodness. Angela, this has been so much fun. Can you tell folks before we get into our last question, tell people where they can find you, where they can connect with you, where they can get all your goodies. You've mentioned some of your different um, things that you have versus things that you use in terms of skincare and journals and all sorts of delicious and desirable uh, rituals that people might want to participate in. So you can, can you point people in the direction of all your stuff? Okay. Well, first of all, I would love to keep in touch with everyone. So if they would like to join my email list, they can go to radicalradiance.com and I put out a weekly blog for wellness, self-love, beauty tips. So they can sign up for that email. They can also go to saberbeauty.com and they can sign up for that email list as well for some beauty tips we didn't mention it. I wrote a book called Radical Radiance, which is all about, it's a weekly self-love program that empowers readers to connect with their highest vibrant selves, which is perfect for moms. So if they would like to go to radicalradiance.com, they can click on virtual goodie bag and upload their receipt if they get the book and they'll get goodies worth over $350. Like some of the advice that didn't make into the book, my manifestation workshop, one minute glow routine and a $25 gift card to saberbeauty.com. So, and then of course, find me on Instagram. I play a lot in the Instagram playground. Oh, fun. And what's your Instagram handle? It's Angela Gia Kim. J-I-A is the middle name. Okay. I'm putting that in my note right here. (laughs) Um, That didn't work. Okay. So we will link everything up at shamelessmom.com. If people click on the episode here with Angela Kim, and you can just go right through to all those links in terms of getting on either of those newsletter lists, getting the book, uh, connecting on Instagram. Angela, tell people how you are currently showing up as a shameless mom. Well, I think what you, one of your taglines is about imperfection. And so I think that there's, we are perfectly imperfect and permanently and inevitably flawed. And that is beautiful. And so that's what I'm trying to do as a mom, as a shameless mom is to embrace my brilliance, which includes the imperfections. Oh, I love it so much. And I think that you've done such a great job of showing us how you've shown up as a shameless mom to nurture such a wise daughter. <laughs> I love the little pieces that you've been able to sh- throw like all the little Sienna appearances in this conversation, I think are so fun and so special and so wise. Thank so, you, thank so, you much. Angela, so much for this conversation, for the work that you're doing in the world um, and for helping us really see some ways that self-care can, how we can kind of reown it and reimagine it in ways that are really nourishing inside and out to our souls. So thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Sarah. Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. 
episode. You can do that directly if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review that will put you in Apple Podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five-star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be shameless mom of the week. Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media. Tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. I'm quick to reply and eager to send you Facebook love and love to be connected to all of you. So again, thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. Hi there, I'm Andrea Owen, self-help author with 19 translations of my books, global keynote speaker, and life coach. My podcast, Make Some Noise, has been serving up self-help in a simple-to-digest way for the last decade. The topics brought in each episode are practical and easy to implement around topics such as working through fears that keep you stuck, different modalities of therapy, managing your negative self-talk, and more. We bring you guest experts, solo episodes, and I even coach listeners on the air around relatable struggles. I also do my best to weave my sense of humor into some heavy topics because let's face it, life can be pretty hard and it's so much better when we can have some fun while walking through our challenges. Whether you're seasoned in personal development or just starting out, Make Some Noise podcast will help you become the best version of yourself, the person you're proud of when you look in the mirror and show up in your life. Simply search Make Some Noise with Andrea Owen wherever you listen to your podcasts.